Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods? Fickle butt. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate of Blue Fire Gambling Podcast as we run through the NFL schedule release and discuss some of the key nuggets that came from this Wednesday as we report. Late on a Wednesday night, you listen on a Thursday morning. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at Undercover Greg. Joined as always, well I say as always, it's been... A little while, but it's good to have him back. Bill Christie at Larry's Locks 2 on Gambling Twitter. And, uh, Bill, first off, like I said, hope you're doing well. Good to have you back on the pod. Yeah, doing real well. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's been a, a few weeks, so uh, got some catching up to do. And, hey, what better way to do it than with the NFL release of the 2021 schedule coming out uh, this evening. So happy to discuss it with you. And I'll tell you what. As much as I don't really think today is anything, I mean, we, we're doing a podcast about it, so there is something to be said for what was released today, uh, primarily as a gambling podcast. The week one lines are now out because we know who the games are. But I'll tell you what, Bill, just from a pure sports marketing standpoint, the NFL, and I think this is just another example of how it really has captured the 12-month calendar. Because mm-hmm. it was just two weeks ago. We were all geared up for the draft. <laughs> and the draft comes and goes. And here we are, as I said, two weeks later. There's another, I'm going to put air quotes around the word big, event in the National Football League. And you're getting... I mean, this was all over every major network on television, you know, the sports networks, and it it will dominate talk radio, not only nationally, but in, I imagine, a lot of local markets tomorrow. And, again, I don't necessarily think that it's a big deal, and so I don't want to sound conflicting here as we record a podcast about some of the stuff (laughs) that came out today, but I've always just felt like, hey, and I said this to you before we got on. We know the opponents for every team. We knew that before. The only thing we found out today was game times, order of those opponents, and the the primetime stuff. So, in other words, I don't think that there was a lot of new information that's acquired on this day. But getting back to my overarching point, just a tip of the cap to the NFL for making this into what it's become. Because, well, I'll be honest, I didn't watch any of this, the release stuff today, the actual shows. Uh, you catch a little bit here. And, of course, by the way, there's even leaks every year that come out on Twitter, and half of them are wrong anyway. I mean, the whole thing is this whole spectacle. And like I said, I didn't really watch it. I was just like, we're both Eagles fans. Let me see the Eagles schedule. 
Maybe I'll keep an eye on the primetime spots. Certainly we'll see plenty of it if I just put on SportsCenter or whatever. But like I said, this is just another example of how the NFL is king in this country uh, with the fact that simply releasing the schedule generates this much interest. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on just the where we're at as a sports society to where this is such a big day. No, I agree 110% with you. It's, it kind of cracks me up that the NFL kind of monopolizes as much time as they do in the, sp- in the about sports it, realm. We talk about all sports on this podcast. There is no other sports league that makes a big deal whatsoever about its schedule release. Yeah, agreed. And, and, and not only do they do it, but they're doing it with the NHL and NBA seasons wrapping up, gearing up for playoffs. We're in full swing of MLB season. And they just jump and the in. Biggest like, nope. sports is an NFL <laughs> schedule that doesn't start for four months. Exactly. Exactly. And so much can change from now till then, um, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit as we go here. But yeah, it's it's amazing how much they just dominate uh, everybody's eye. I mean, ESPN plays a big part in it because they they push it as much as they do. Um, but at the same time, too, I get excited too because like I, I love football season, you know. I'm sure you're the same way. Not just NFL. I'm a big college football guy, sure. too. So this just means that we're getting closer to that. Um, not to say I want to rush through the summer months, but, you know, once that ends, you know, we also get some awesome, awesome uh, football in the fall. So I look forward to that every single year. So this kind of just kicks it off for me. Like, all right, we just had the draft. Schedules are out. Now I can kind of do some of my research for my fantasy teams for the next, what, four four months or so before the season starts and the drafts happen, but uh, it's it's still an exciting time. Yeah, you know, it's funny uh, you mentioned just kind of wishing away the summer, and it's interesting how my our mindset's changed. I'm sure you were the same way. You know, growing up, going to school, normally this time of year, start to smell the summer right around the corner and looking forward to, you know, going to the local swim club or going to a Phillies game here or there or whatever, you know, going down the Jersey shore, whatever came with growing up in South Jersey and, you know, the summer. And now (laughs) as an adult, it's like, again, it's not like I'm wishing the summer away, but I used to in August always be like, oh, you know, I hope this is the longest month ever. I don't want to go back to school. And now it's (laughs) like, well, you know, I've kind of, by August, it's like, well, I've done everything with my summer. I'm ready to move through August as fast as we possibly can and get me to football season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. It's hysterical how much it changes from, you know, when you move up in age and generations and stuff like that. Like you said, I, I can't wait when it gets to that close to the fall for the for the seasons to start for both college and pro. Um, but like you said, at the same time, I don't want to wish away. The summer months because we got some really good baseball. We got you know, set NBA and NHL playoffs. Summer, so. I hope is a normal summer for people yeah. across the country, you know, and all the stuff we missed out on last year. So, you know, I, I, let's start though again. And if you're just joining us, uh, if you're listening, obviously we like to do a lot of picks on this podcast. I, we're talking about a schedule release, so there's not going to be yes, there's win totals out there, but like I said, win totals have been bettable numbers now for. I don't even know how long. I mean, before the draft, those numbers were out, um, you know, and, and, and they're, they're going to stay there uh, for the next four months, as are the week one lines. And that's what I want to talk about now, Bill, as far as the, uh, you know, actionable wagers that you think are, you know, worth the investment right now versus knowing when to wait. And that, you know, that is one thing that, you know, a lot of the guests we have on here, and really anybody will say, is that one of the better things that any sports better can do is knowing when to pass and when to just do nothing. And I think that's very important here when it comes to the NFL because, as we discussed to start the podcast, the NFL is king. It is easily the sport that I would have to think garners far and away the most you know, wagers in North American sports, and so or sports anywhere for that matter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like, it's, as we sit here in the middle of May, without giving away, you know, a specific win total or a specific week one line, we'll get more into that later. 
But what are things you look at and say, okay, this is something I want to attack now versus this is something I'm better off waiting for uh, and why when it comes to the NFL and the betting numbers that are available right now? Uh, it's tough. I mean, I think for the most part I like to wait because there's just so many variables, right? There's so many things that can happen from today on till the start of the season. I mean, I mentioned fantasy. I'm a big uh, fantasy football guy, and, you know, it's it, I hate and, 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 you know, I'm glad you say that because how often, whether it's a fantasy podcast or, you're, you know, you're just reading something or, or even if you're just talking with your buddies, how often do people say, don't draft early? <laughs> right, exactly, and that's that's case in point. You don't want to draft, draft early because then, you know, God forbid your first-round pick goes down to injury during camp or during – preseason like you you don't want to have to deal with that same thing if you're going to bet a number right now you know whether it be a, a total for uh, team wins or if you're betting an opening line um i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest betting heavy on anything out of the gate because of those variables you don't know god forbid you know say you bet you're you're really high on kansas city because you know they, you think that they're going to come out and, and guns blaze in week one because of their loss in the super bowl and you know, knock on wood, doesn't happen. But Patrick Mahomes goes down, you know, during preseason, and, and then what? Like, are you really going to be comfortable having that and, number? You know, and specifically with Mahomes, remember he had that foot problem. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you so just want to make sure that he's at full health. And, and you know, that's the other thing. I mean, we we you you mentioned injuries, and that's obviously something that I feel like it's the 21st century. It's you know, it's 2021. We should probably know by now, particularly in sports as physical as football, that there's probably a lot of guys that have surgeries in the offseason for injuries that we didn't even know existed. You mm-hmm. know, and so how that player recuperates and, and recovers, you know, there are probably players out there that we still may not know had certain procedures done or whatever, uh, depending on the reporting of these things. Because, like I said, if they're on the field playing through it in January, and if they're lucky to make it to February, you're, you're just not hearing about these things. So all stuff that I think is, is important to, to consider. And, you know, uh, let's, let's not forget that you can see major moves in the NFL, maybe not so much in the summer, but once we start getting closer to our preseason, I mean, you know, we're Eagles fans. I remember – Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt for the Minnesota Vikings after the second or third week of the preseason. And next thing you know, Sam Bradford's traded from Philadelphia to Minnesota. And Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback week one against Cleveland. I'm not saying that I know offhand how big that moved the betting number in that game against the Browns or what that did to the Eagles season win total. Um, But that was obviously a move at the most important position in the sport. Another move that took place at a similar time, I believe this was even later, Labor Day weekend 2018, Khalil Mack gets traded from the, at the time, Oakland Raiders to the Chicago Bears. And, you know, again, one of the best, if not the best, at the time, defensive player in the National Football League. So if you can see quarterback movement in late August, early September, and if you can see players like Khalil Mack get moved in early September, then... I think that's another another reminder that, you know, just because the draft's over, you know, GMs aren't done moving and shaking and doing things to their roster. And let's just be honest, like, we, we can't really predict any of that. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded. And if we do, we don't know where it is. I mean, everybody can say Denver, but this is just stuff that gets thrown out there. And so, again, as a gambler, it, it just, I think you want to try and deal with certainties and, and, and and data, things that can be quantified and, and things that you can look up. And there are variables that will still loom over the NFL for the next four months that will make that situation very murky, which, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, as the, if I was on the other side of the counter on a bookmaker, you know, I, I'd have to consider some of that stuff. I mean, I, I can't help but think that certain numbers are, you know, like I mentioned Rodgers, Looking right now, Packers are at a ten and a half win total. Of course, remember, seventeen games this year. I can't help but think that looks like a number where they think Rodgers is going to be there. But I'm curious how much, if at all, maybe I'm wrong. 
is that an 11, 11 and a half win, season win number? If these rumors aren't out there, I mean, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. So point I'm trying to make is a lot can still change. And I just think when it comes to investing right now, if you think you want to get ahead of something, whether it be a season win total or an NFL week one line, by all means, go ahead. But I would just, uh, as always, we preach bankroll management, but I just think it's particularly apropos when you're betting stuff that isn't getting started for four months. Yeah, I think some of the things, though, that, that I don't I, – I won't say I would advocate for, but um, I, I don't see a problem with is, is throwing a few darts on so, some futures as far as, like, sure. if you got a guy that you really like to, to have most passing yards, most rushing yards, stuff like that, um, that you just want to have a little bit of an investment in that could have a high payout, like, by all means, go ahead and throw those darts because – no one really knows what's going to happen. Sure, there's going to be guys that are shorter numbers because of their career stats and what they have going for them this coming season. But um, like you said, as far as, you know, if you're going to try to invest in a team future or opening line and you're trying to beat a number, like it's just, there's like you said, too many variables to to put in there and, and, and really to put any kind of decent chunk of your bankroll on anything here is just, it, it's not smart. You know, you mentioned the the season awards. And I do think that's kind of interesting because I, I do think that is where you can see some of the bigger movement because you might see a week one line move at most three points over the next four months. If that, uh, and you might see a win total move half a win, maybe even one full win in a certain way between now and September, but you could see uh, an MVP odds, you know, shorten, from 100 to 1 to 75 to 1, or, you know, you can see, because that stuff's more volatile. I mean, now, I don't always agree with the players that are being bet. I mean, gosh, the the one year, I think it was Trubisky, was getting a ton of MVP bets, you know, (laughs) and it was just like, well, I don't understand why this money's coming in, but obviously, let's remember it, because, Bill, like, you, you make a good point, like, saying that you don't want to invest a lot of your bankroll, so you want to look to those big futures market prices with those long shot payouts. But if you're of the bookmaker and you're seeing all that money come in, even if it is a guy like a Mitch Trubisky, you have to adjust sure. more drastically because of the liability that adds up when you got that much action on a guy that's 80 to one to win the MVP or whatever. So uh, I think that that is well said as far as, trying to beat a line move, you're probably better off, if that's what you're trying to do here, uh, look into the futures market. Yeah, exactly. So, again, a couple darts here and there is most likely what I would do come this time of year. Um, and th- to be honest, the only one that I've ever, I think, that I hit big on was purely because of an injury. It was uh, – and you'll Kareem remember. Hunt, right? Right. It was the Kareem Hunt rushing title. Yeah. Um, when uh, Best um, Ware went down. Yes, right. exactly. And I'm like, uh, you know what? He's got ridiculous odds. I think he was like, I don't even know what it was, a, a thousand to one or something ridiculous to win a Russian title. And I'm like, yeah, I like watching him in college. I'll just throw something on him. It'll be interesting. He should get a decent amount of carries. And, you know, lucky for me, it panned out. But, I mean, it, that makes it more fun to watch throughout the season when you have a couple bucks. And, you know, it's not like you're putting out, you know, 50 to $100, whatever your unit size may be. Um, you know, I'm talking very, very small, like maybe one-tenth of a unit I'm putting on some of these futures. That's it, just to make it interesting. And, you know, if you get lucky and you got somebody like that deep into the season that has a shot, that just makes it even more fun. You know, one thing that I do want to add here that I think is important is more than anything now that we have the schedule release, if, you know, and I understand that, Certain people in May just aren't going to take the time to do this. But if you're able to put in an hour, maybe not even, or or maybe, I mean, gosh, you got four months, just take one team a day. This will give you a, a month. Maybe you do like 10 minutes per team and just study the schedule. And, and you know, obviously we got the 17th game this year, but, you know, like, we're Eagles fans. I caught it right away. They have a late buy, you know, or look at 
just patterns. And so often we talk about, you know, travel spots mm-hmm. or, you know, like the Eagles at the end of the season after that late bye, they play, they're going to play four straight divisional games, you know? So, right. you know, those are the kinds of things where third, fourth one in that stretch, you're thinking, well, I might want to fade this team because regardless of what division you're in, it's difficult to win four straight division games. I mean, we've never seen that before, I don't think. Normally, you, you don't see more than three in a row like that. So just try and find some stuff like that, whether it's a travel spot or, you know, a revenge spot, you know, for, you know, obviously this this one you don't need to do any homework for. The whole world probably knows by now that week four, Sunday night football, Brady's going back to New England. But just try and find little nuggets like that that will help the handicap. And obviously, if it's not week one, you don't have the number up right now to bet. But file it away. See where the teams are at. And maybe it's something that you like when you get to that game. So I just think doing homework, like I said, it could be a team a day for 10 minutes. And, you know, for a whole month, whether it be now or June or July, like, Every day, like just take five, ten minutes and look at one team's schedule, and you might pick up on even if you don't find anything that day. Like there might be five to ten nuggets in total that you like, but file them away, and uh, you know it can't hurt to have more information throughout the season. No, absolutely. The more information you can have, the better. I mean, I'm a big advocate for that. I get guys every once in a while that'll DM me and say, "Hey." I've, I noticed this, or I noticed this trend, or whatever it may be, and, you know, I'm sure you don't care I'll get, like, something like that. And I was like, no, I, I care. I'll take any and all information you can give me or I can find on my own. Um, I know there's some guys out there that are against that that say, like, that kind of, you know, it, 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 it's too much information, and I start overthinking things, that sort of stuff. But to me, the more information I can have, and if at worst, honestly, at, at worst, if that makes me pull off of a bet, I'm happy because I'd rather pull off of a bet because I've had all this information in front of me to dissect and make a decision on rather than only have maybe one or two things to go off of and make a decision on a play. And then if it doesn't pan out, I'm sick to my stomach. Whereas if I had all that information, maybe I would have stayed off of it. So sometimes the best play, like you said earlier, is is no play at all. It's, it's no when to stay away. And, you know, again, there's all this hype. It's the schedule just got released. People get excited, you know, and now that, you know, sports gambling is so widely accepted and so legal across the country. You know, you're going to see all these shows coming up because, again, the NFL sells. So you're going to see all these guys on ESPN, all the other shows. Week one are, leans, yeah. Yeah, well, here's week one leans and team futures and all this stuff. And, you know, it's great. Again, it's information. Take it. But don't go running out to the book right away and start hammering down all these bets and all these futures because chances are the reason why you did it is not going to be the same reason why – you know, the team either does what you expect them to do or doesn't do what you expect right. them to do. You know, I, I, I just wonder, like, as one thing that I, I you know, and, and what we're talking about kind of the 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 information that's available, and, and, and we're trying to just stress a need to acquire information now as opposed to put wagers down. And, you know, I, I think there have been various things in different sports, like I'll give an example that are, are indicators of the public maybe getting a little sharper. And I'll give you an example in the NBA. Uh, this has long been a pretty profitable system that with the playoffs coming up. Uh, you know, if you have a team down Oh two in the traditional best of seven format, meaning the game three is at home, They've been just an app. That O2 team has been an absolute machine covering the first half line, you know, down O2 with that desperation factor. And mm-hmm. that was something I remember reading an article about how that just first half line with a team down O2 and a best of seven back at home for game three was just getting hit, 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 and hit to the point where it is mostly accounted for in first half lines in that situation. It's priced in. And so I'm curious, like, today I remember even seeing, like, I believe it's the Panthers that have the best rest advantage as far as, you know, total days that they have of an advantage over their opponents for the season. 
And New England has, I think it was the worst rest advantage, you know, in a negative differential as far as the amount of days that they're disadvantaged uh, at from a rest perspective. So I'm just curious, Bill, how do you think, if at all, that has evolved and whether it's like, I think it was just an ESPN graphic that I saw. So, you know, that that's, you don't have to be a sports better to watch ESPN and to see that kind of nugget placed in front of you. How do you think that kind of information, uh, you know, battle, I guess, if you will, has kind of changed how your average person puts a bet down, particularly when it comes to things like this, when we're still four months away from the season and everybody's still gathering information on these teams and who they're playing, just as far as the information that's out there and public and widely available and not requiring you to do a lot of your own heavy lifting. Do you think there's more out there for people now? I kind of think there is. Yeah, I think without a doubt there's way more information out there for people. But that being said, that information, I don't want to say it's less valuable than it was, you know, in years and years ago. But you got to remember, too, like, you know, we're Joe Schmoes that we can get this information. Well, <laughs> you best believe that the sports books, the guys sure. and the companies that have billions of dollars in the line, you know, day in and day out with this stuff, they have access to that information. And chances are they've had access to that information way earlier than we did. So, uh, yes, there's definitely more information out there for the public better. But at the same time, it's not like you're getting this we're all getting this big advantage now because the information is out there for us. But I think it does allow, you know, the, the general public to get a better sense of why things are happening. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have no understanding of reverse line movement and closing line value. Right. And, and those types of things that, you know, I think for us, it's, it's become so second nature to us. It's not, it's not even a... It's really almost an afterthought. It's something that we just throw into our handicap as we're going through it. It's not a point of emphasis... And a lot of people don't understand it, and they think they're getting a better number just because it's just happening to go that way. You know, there's no real reason behind it. And, well, there is a reason behind it, you know, and and you got to learn those different pieces to the puzzle when you're doing your handicaps. And that's not just, you know, people that are professionals out there, but people that are just trying to, you know, enjoy the games and throw a couple bucks here and there. You still want to do it in a manner that's um, educational, like, you're, you know, that you're actually taking the time to – uh, dive into things instead of just, I mean, I get people want to bet on their team, right? Like we're both Eagles guys and yeah, it's nice to bet on your team each week because you have a rooting interest already in it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, most of the people that are betting, they, they also want to win. <laughs> They're not just going out there just to bet to bet. So, um, yeah, the more information that's out there, and I think there is a ton of it now. I, I actually, for the first time um, I, this year, I really got into the, I think I mentioned to you when we were first getting into baseball season about the SDQLs, uh, sports data query language. It's it is a different world. I'm like I'm such a geek for it. I think it's the coolest stuff ever. Where you know you can punch in all these different algorithms of different scenarios that have happened in the past, um, and you can get historical data going back, you know, like 10, 12 years, and you can see in the scenario where an away team in baseball who's coming off of two wins on the road. You know, and they're throwing a righty, <laughs> and all of a sudden you have this data in front of you that's saying, you know, 80% of the time that team's going to take take the loss in their next game, whatever it may be. And, look, it's not perfect science. It's not going to give you a win every single time, but it's a lot of information. And it's cool to see, and, again, it's just another piece to the puzzle that you can put into your handicap. So right. I and, think it's and, awesome. Bill, I think that's the point. Like, if I'm you and, and you've had the time to dig into that SDQL and find some things in different sports, well, now that you have the schedule, like, you want to start just kind of eyeing up spots. And, again, it's not even something that you need to necessarily research and, and think of firsthand without, like, like, it's not something that you, what I mean by that is, like, it's not something you need to dig up and find from somebody else's research or just find through a Google search, it can simply be just looking at a schedule and saying, okay, well, you know, this team going to this stadium or whatever for the, you know, Denver, we know there's that trend on Denver, right? And their home games in September because of the thin air with teams going there for the first time for that season early on. Like, 
things like that are what you want to try and look for now. You know, teams that have maybe three straight road games on a given season. Mm-hmm. If you find that spot, you know, how do they do on that third of the three road games? Like, you would think that would be a fade. Like, you kind of just want to find little tidbits that can help you for the long haul in the NFL. Things that have – because I, I do believe that there are trends. I know that some of them get fought, you know, scoffed at and are, and are kind of clowny. But I do believe that when it comes to travel and rest, at the like, these are human beings, okay? Mm-hmm. So they are go. It's only natural if someone told you you had to do your job on one side of the country one week and on the other side of the country the next week. On the side of the, your, the country that you don't live on and you're maybe not as familiar with, it might be a little more challenging. And the body clock, things like that. Um, Again, not saying that any of this stuff by itself has standalone run-to-the-window type value, but I think the more you can just fire up a query on something, like I'll give you an example. In our Twitter spaces last night, this was something I thought of. Uh, ended up not playing the game, but there was a doubleheader today at Coors Field between the San Diego Padres and the Colorado Rockies. And the second game, the probable pitcher for San Diego was Blake Snell. And, of course, I'm looking. He, the Rockies won the game, so I'm a little frustrated now as I look at that for the first time tonight that I didn't bet Colorado. But what I said on the Twitter space was, hey, is that the first time that Blake Snell has ever pitched at Coors Field? And we had to look it up, and we determined that he had made one previous start there. But obviously he spent all those years in the American League with Tampa, and now he's in the NL West. I thought maybe he hasn't pitched there. So you see things like that. Uh, if you see something like that with the NFL schedule, um, you know, mention Denver. Our Eagles are going there. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the Eagles now. So he's obviously never played in Denver. You know, so, so things like that uh, are things that you're not going to pick up on usually off the top of your head. It's going to take a scan here or a scan there. Right, agreed. So on that note, as we've kind of, I think we've done enough cautioning here in the first (laughs) half hour or so, and we're going to wrap up with some of the stuff that, again, as you can probably guess, we're not putting our mortgages on, but uh, things that do jump out at us, whether it's the season win numbers or, you know, a rushing title leader or whatever, We'll start with more of that seasonal stuff and then wrap up with some week one stuff. Bill, I know you said you had a couple of season win numbers that you were eyeing. Yeah, so I I mentioned you prior. uh, Real quick before we get into this, like anything change here as far as just like how you're looking at this stuff with the 17th game? Uh, Not really. I mean, that's obviously factored into the total numbers that Vegas is putting out there for us. But – no, it doesn't really affect it too much for me. Sure. So go um, ahead, though, with some of your uh, season win numbers that caught your eye. Yeah, so I, I mentioned to you prior to jumping on here, there was some of them that I looked at prior to the schedule release that I thought looked a little off to me. Um, and then as an exercise, what I typically will do is, you know, those ones that stand out, I'll put to the side, and the schedule comes out, then I'll go team by team uh, throughout the schedule and just, you know, win-loss, what I think – will likely happen, and then compare that to what I had previously set aside and see if there's any big differences in there. Um, and if there is, then, again, maybe I'll play them. I'm still – I'm not jumping off of this right away and and, and putting a bunch of money down <clears throat> on some of these futures, but it will be teams that I want to keep an eye on as we go through minicamp, as we go through preseason to see. Um, how they look, and then if there's injuries and so forth and so on. Um, but a couple of the ones that stuck out to me, uh, the Bears under, uh, I like them under 7.5 total wins. Um, I, I don't see them as this greatly improved team whatsoever. Um, their schedule isn't uh, super easy either. Uh, and again, when I went through that, so I think I had them at maybe six wins when I went through that. So a 7.5 number I liked. Um, Jaguars, another team I'm not high on. 
Uh, I know there's going to be hype around the fact that Trevor Lawrence is there. And, you know, we did see some success with some rookie quarterbacks in the past couple of years. Um, but I just don't think he has enough around him that is going to be able to get them over the hump too, too early. I think a lot of people are just enamored by him, enamored by the fact that their division isn't the best in the world, and they think they're going to be able to get this high number. And six and a half, I think, is going to be just a little bit too much for yeah, those guys. And by the way, on that, you mentioned some success from rookie quarterbacks. Much more so on the individual level than anything else, though. I mean, it wasn't like, right. you know, we saw Justin Herbert. I mean, the Chargers were still finding plenty of ways to lose games last year, you know, and, and, and the Bengals didn't had one of the worst defenses ever. So even though Burrow was looking good before he got hurt, like, you know, and, and, and Tua was the, you know, he was sitting on the bench and it felt like, you know, obviously Miami, they won double-digit games, so they had to have gone over their win total, but uh, they felt like they were kind of winning in spite of him there for a while there. So, um you know, I, I, I think that just because you have a rookie quarterback that might garner a lot of public attention and public love, you know, doesn't necessarily – and even and that quarterback could play well and could mm-hmm. meet some standards. But you got to remember, oftentimes, if it's a rookie quarterback playing early, it's a rookie quarterback on a bad team right. that probably didn't get that much better just by bringing in the new rookie quarterback. Exactly. So, again, those two wonders I like, um, I'll give out a, a – one of the few overs that I like, uh, and that's Carolina. I like their over this year, seven and a half. Uh, you know, obviously McCaffrey was out for majority of the year last sure. year. Yeah. Don't expect him to be out. You think it's an upgrade from Bridgewater to Darnold, a quarterback? I, 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 it's a tough question. I don't want to say it's an upgrade in the fact of what they bring to the table as far as who's the better quarterback, quote-unquote. Um, I think that Darnold is going to fit within the system that they want to run a little better uh, than Bridgewater. So in that respect, yes, I do think it's an upgrade um, from him. But, again, uh, Bridgewater could go out there and have an unbelievable season because of the system he's now in. So who knows? But I do like the Carolina over uh, in there. I like what Matt Rule's been doing uh, with the program there. And, uh, seven and a half doesn't seem uh, too crazy as an attainable goal. And last, uh, another team that I'm not high on, unfortunately, is our home squad. Uh, six and a half wins. I think it's going to be a true struggle this year. A lot of growing pains. Bill, are you are you a rock paper or a scissors guy? What do you mean? <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, our lovely. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I think you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, come on, I, I don't know. Look, maybe I'll be like all about it in a couple of years when this guy like blows me away with what he does with the team. <laughs> uh, I just, I just don't, I don't see it. Um, I, I think they could have a decent year. And honestly, like a six-win year would be decent, I think, uh, for this team that we have going out in the field. Um, but I just don't see it. I don't see us having a chance <clears throat> at getting seven wins uh, in any way, shape, or form, to be honest. Um, like, when I ran through the schedule, one of the wins was at home against San Fran Week 2, which is very, very easily a loss. Uh, another Two other wins that I have for us are on the road. One is in Detroit, and one is uh, at the Jets. Again, road games, who knows, it could easily be losses. Um, and I, I love how I keep hearing that we have one of the easiest schedules in the league. It's like, all right, yeah, it's great you have an easy schedule, but with, that all depends on how your talent is, right? right, like you, right. If you're the worst team in the league well, and you're right. an you have an easy schedule. schedule because you were in last place in your division. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I'll be playing, uh, most likely, uh, I'll be playing the birds under six and a half. And look, that's one of those scenarios where if I'm wrong, it's kind of like a, a win-win, right? Like, at least the team did well. I lost a little bit of money, but uh, vice versa. If, if we don't play well, at least I'm making some cash off them. Yeah, you know, so I'll, I'll comment. I kind of already did mention you, what you said about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's definitely one where, I mean, I, I, I just the the number is so low where it's like I don't you know, I, like I definitely lean to their number going under, but I, I don't like when I like it would bother me if I and this is true about like I don't like to bet low win totals under and I don't like to bet high win totals over mm-hmm. because take a team like Jacksonville for example. Uh, basically six, six and a half, it looks like pretty much everywhere. Well, 
why would I want to bet a Jacksonville win total under that number? Say they go seven and ten. Well, then they're still a bad team, obviously. But I'm going to lose my bet. So, mm-hmm. like, that's like in other words, I, I don't know how much wiggle room there is on some of those. Same thing with like betting a, a Kansas City or a Tampa Bay over. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at the end of the day, they could still have a very good season. Perhaps go back to the Super Bowl, and their season win number could go under. So. I, that's just kind of a general rule of thumb for me there. Having said all that, um, I definitely lean to the under on Jacksonville. I think the Chicago one is a total stay away for me because you have the great unknown at quarterback. I mean, we saw Andy Dalton. At times it looked like he was a shot in the arm for Dallas last year, and other times it looked like he was just completely washed. And so how quickly do they go to fields? And how ready is Fields? Is he able to come in and light the world on fire right away? You know, Matt Nagy kind of being on the hot seat with, along with Ryan Pace, the GM who drafted Fields. You know, like, how is that going to factor into their decision to turn the rookie loose? Like, it's just too much unknown there at the most important position for me to uh, uh, kind of feel good about their win total either way. You didn't really talk about the quarterback situation at all there, but I'm curious how you look at that with regards to their win total. So I think a little bit is my carryover of bias, my college football bias. I think Justin Fields, and I said this uh, from the moment the college football season ended and all this talk about Justin Fields, Justin Fields, uh, he had one game, in my opinion. He had one game that he looked unbelievable in. And all, all respect, tip the cats to him, was one game. And I feel like the world fell in love with him at that point. Now he's going to be this great superstar eventually in the NFL. I don't see it. I honestly think he's going to be a bust. I think sure. the whole – again, you're putting him in this scenario where, like you just said it, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton stinks. Let's just call it as it is. I mean, I get it. Andy Dalton stinks. Coach on the hot seat, GM on the hot seat. There's a lot of pressure yeah. in a market like Chicago on exactly, Justin. exactly. And and I I know a bunch of this Chicago fan base, and I see them on Twitter. And my God, to be honest, I feel like they make Philly fans look normal, which is scary because <laughs> some of the some of the stuff obviously that we hear in our market of people that call up the radio stations and stuff like that and say these. Asinine things is crazy. Um, and Chicago fans are, are seem to be right there with them. Um, and I feel like you're going to go into the season, same thing. It's going to be like, oh, well, Andy Dalton, maybe he can really, you know, turn things around here in Chicago. And look, maybe he's going to have a game or two where he plays well. And it's like, oh, yeah, Andy Dalton. They don't have two duds and get knocked out of a game because he's made out of, you know, glass. And they're going to turn and go, oh, it's Justin Fields. This is why we draft him. Let's shove him in there. And, Oh, my God, he's going to be this great superstar. I don't see it. Same thing in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer, I think, is the biggest fraud of, of a coach <laughs> I've ever seen. I hated him at Florida. I hated him when he came out in Florida and said, oh, I'm having all these heart issues. I'm going to retire. I'm never going to coach again. And it turns around, oh, now he's back at Ohio State. Uh, I'm going to leave Ohio State. I'm done uh, yeah, coaching forever. You know, it's funny. Like, Alex mentioned this one time. Um, I can't remember what the context was, but he <laughs> – he said it almost is like Urban Meyer, like it's like a cat that has nine lives, and after like five years at a job, he just kind of dies. There's this like weird medical thing going on, yeah. and then like he takes a year off, and oh, he's back. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And then and then meanwhile, like then you get the story right with Tebow. Like that makes me want to vomit when I hear oh, that. Like, God, give me yeah. a break. What are you doing? Don't don't give me this. Oh, he's in the best shape of his life. Oh, the guy is atrocious. He's atrocious. He hasn't been on a roster well, how, many how many years. Well, it's got to be close to a decade since he exactly. And now he's going to all of a sudden know how to play tight end. Get the heck out of here! It's 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 nonsense. It's a PR move. Oh, he's a great leader. Yeah, he was a great leader. He really led Aaron Hernandez down the, the right path, right. right when he was down there in Florida. <laughs> so, so I don't want to hear any of that stuff. I th- I want I, again partially biased. I want him to fail miserably, Urban Meyer. Um, and I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I just, I just don't see him as the type. Look, there's not many college coaches, right, that can get over to the pros and, and be successful. I mean, I don't know if you can even name one off the top of your head. Um, Jimmy that, Johnson would probably be the one. Yeah, and I mean, he had what the, he had not that many great years in college. I mean, he was okay, but 
I really don't think there's been that many of them. And I don't see Urban Meyer being the type of guy that's going to be able to cross over. Because, again, look, these guys that go from college to the pros that aren't successful. Like, when you looked at Steve Spurrier when he came over and you look at uh, Saban when he came over, these are guys who they're so good in college because they can recruit. Like, uh, and they can get any of these talents from all over the place. Well, when you go to the pros – it doesn't work that way anymore. Like you can't just go drive right. over to somebody's There's house and say, "Hey, man, come on to our program. We're going to win a national title. We're going to win a Super Bowl." It doesn't work that way. Now there's actual guidelines and rules you really have to follow. Sound and like draft guys and yeah, like and they get burned out so easily. Again, we're talking about a guy who you just said how Alex made those statements of you know he's kind of like a cat has nine lives. After a couple of years, he dies off. I got a feeling it's going to die off pretty quick here in Jacksonville because when the success isn't coming in and the stress is a little bit higher, I can't see him sticking around uh, too long down there. So, again, maybe it's part of my bias. I'm just not sold on Justin Fields. I'm not sold on Urban Meyer. I'm a Michigan fan at heart still. I hate Ohio State. They both <laughs> hate Ohio State. No bias. Good. So I'm being honest about it. Um, I'm hoping I'm right. We'll see what happens. And that's my rant. <laughs> there it is. No, that was – a lot of heat right there uh, from Bill. Um, I want to get to a few season win numbers. And, you know, I think it's a – I'm going to get to more on this when we get to the week one leans. Actually, I actually did play a couple week one games. But, um, you know, it's interesting, Bill. The number one and number two teams in the draft, obviously we saw quarterbacks go. And we spent a lot of time talking about Jacksonville. I mentioned it kind of agreeing with you with a lot of the things you said about first-year coach, rookie quarterback. Well, we also have that with the New York Jets. And, uh, you know, I look at the AFC East as just being a better division than the AFC South, and you're basically seeing similar numbers at different shops with the Jets and the Jaguars. Uh, So if I were to play one of those teams under, I think I would probably prefer to play the regular season wins for the Jets under just because Jacksonville and granted one of the games is in week one. They're going to get Houston twice, you know, and Tennessee's defense couldn't stop a nosebleed last year. So wouldn't be shocked if they were able to pull out a season split against Tennessee, you know, and that would be, you know, split with Houston, maybe even win both of those. So you're talking about two, three divisional wins right there. Like I said, I still would lean to the under on the Jacksonville season win number, but I kind of look at the Jets and think, dude, Zach Wilson, you got to go up against Brian Flores, Bill Belichick, and Sean McDermott for six of your games. I mean, that's some big-time opposing defenses that you have to square up against, you know, not to mention the fact that the AFC East has to play the NFC South. So you're talking about playing the New Orleans Saints defense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Like mm-hmm. it just feels like this could be uh, quite the baptism by fire for the rookie out of BYU. Robert Sala is a defensive oriented guy. I mean, Hey, if the jets can win enough games, 14, 10, so be it. Um, and, and again, this is not a win number I am betting right now because I said I don't love betting low win totals under and high win totals over. Uh, but, you know, and, and listen, I like Salah. I thought you did an excellent job with the San Francisco 49ers defense and was a worthy candidate for a head coaching position, and he may even be successful there. Just not sure that I'm seeing it in 2020, excuse me, in 2021. Uh, and then when it comes to the other win total, I'll, I'll give you another one that I think uh, could be uh, – you gave out the over uh, – excuse me, on uh, – why am I drawing a blank now? What was your over? Uh, Carolina. Carolina, okay. Um, uh, a team that – you know we kind of talked about it with Chicago and all of the kind of – chaos that could transpire there in the Windy City with a hot you know, hot seat there for the GM and the coach and a quarterback situation where they really can't take their time with Justin Fields. Well, obviously in Green Bay, we've kind of hinted at it with Rodgers being the headline of the offseason right now and, um, you know, what might happen with him. So I'm actually looking to Minnesota 
as a team that I think is a nice – and Alex and I were texting about them. I uh, think we were on the same page. I think the Vikings at nine is certainly worth, worth a look at going over on that season win number because things have been just kind of normal for Minnesota, you know. And you think about the variance that exists with Green Bay and Chicago this year, and obviously Detroit is in a full-fledged rebuild with – Jared Goff, a new quarterback, obviously doesn't look like Detroit is going to be much of a factor at all in that division. So I kind of think the Vikings, working out here in Minnesota now, I've paid a little more attention to what they've been doing. They completely overhauled their defense last year, okay? It was a lot of veterans in their secondary, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Xavier Rhodes, and now Anthony Harris signed with the Eagles that have all moved on. And they drafted a ton of young players in their secondary that – got thrown right to the dogs last year, and it didn't always go that well. It wasn't a very good – Daniil Hunter missed the entire season for them on the edge, their best edge defender. Uh, So I just think naturally their defense is going to improve a little bit organically with young players improving. And then you look at what the skill players they have on the offensive side of the ball, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen – they invested heavily in the offensive line, spending a first and a third round pick on the offensive line. If you can keep Kirk Cousins upright, he can get the ball to those guys. And we've seen it where they got to the divisional round of the playoffs, still with Stephon Diggs on the team. And, uh, you know, that was with Cousins. And what happened? I mentioned Robert Sala. It was that defense that ate Cousins alive because the Vikings just got shredded in the trenches, but they invested heavily, as I said, with two high draft picks in the offensive line. I expect their defense to get better organically, and I think some of the intangibles just work in their favor when there's a lot of press, whether you look at it as a good thing or a bad thing, with the Bears and the Packers right now, not as much attention being paid to the Vikings. I think that's a positive. So uh, I talked a little bit about your teams. I'm curious, anything on the Jets and the Vikings? So I mentioned to you about Justin Fields having one game. The quarterback, the quarterback of the Jets, I think he's had one throw. The <laughs> one throw that they showed. How many times did they show that throw in his pro day? Like running left, throw right. to his right. Like okay, with nobody playing defense. Like, are you kidding me? That's that's why this kid's gonna go so high. Come on, like I I never was high on him uh, throughout the college season, and I I lost a lot of respect for them when. Uh, you know, play us. We'll play anybody, anywhere, and you know. Then all of a sudden, uh, they were scared to schedule games uh, coming into the season. So I, I'm not sold on him, not in the least. Um, so I kind of like your Jets under there. Uh, looking at it, I saw they were a little less juice than. Uh, I'm sorry, they were a little more juice than Jacksonville. Um, so that's why I think I I sure. liked the Jacksonville a little bit more because I was I was paying a smaller price. Minnesota one intrigues me. A lot of what you said uh, I take into consideration, and they're all very, very good points. Looking at their schedule, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be – it'll be tough. Look, they start on the road week one and week two. You expect them to beat Cincinnati, right, because Cincinnati's not that great of a team. At Arizona really? – It's a crappy line there, though. You see they're only giving yeah, two and a half. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the first two games – like, I think 1-1 one and one is reasonable. 0-2 oh, is a possibility, more so to me than 2-0. and oh. um, Then you have Seattle. Cleveland's a strong team again. Detroit they should handle. At Carolina will be tough. They get home, Dallas, after the bye, which, you know, Dallas is a tough team, but you figure after a bye at home, they should be able to get the job done. At Baltimore is tough. Um, on the road in, in L.A., uh, could be tough. Green Bay, the misnomer, like you said, if Rodgers is there or not, then you're in San Francisco, you're in Detroit. Pittsburgh doesn't – that's another team. I didn't mention them before, but I'm not high on them at all. I like they're under 8.5. Um, at Chicago should be a win. Rams are tough. At Green Bay again, and you wrap up with Chicago. So, I mean, I think – was it 8.5? Is that what you have? Nine. Nine. I mean, if I'm at – if I'm at uh, – if I'm at nine going into the last game of the season, I'm real happy because I don't think they share a problem with Chicago. Um, I guess I would just be a little nervous if, you know, if it's tough to get there before that point. But um, but it is. It's intriguing. Like you said, like, there's so much talk about Chicago. There's now so much talk about Green Bay. Um, Minnesota doesn't get, get talked about as much. I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan, but like you said, like, he has some games where he looks like he could be an MVP candidate. Um, That's what I'm saying. 
he's got games that fall off. So it's like, yeah, it's it's tough. It's, look, and you eight and a half, nine, it's pretty much you know almost a five hundred season. So I mean, they only got to win one or two games that you think that they probably rank her to win prior to the season. Yeah, so, that's yeah. obviously assuming that they take care of the Cincinnati on the road week one as a two and a half point road favorite. Like yeah. enough of those things have to also go their way. Absolutely. Again, like we said, it's it's super early in the game. We're just kind of like throwing these out there to, as a starting point, and it could all change come come week one. But yeah, it's they're all intriguing, and yeah, I like, I like what your thought process is on on both of those ones. So, Bill, no, we've talked a lot about Green Bay, and we've kind of hinted at talking about them. You know, neither one of us on anything for their uh, you know their season win stuff um, or anything, and they are opening as an underdog at the Superdome in week one. So read into that as you may. Let me just ask you this question. Hypothetically speaking, Rodgers is on the Packers week one. Is all of this something that blows over? And are we looking at another season in which, you know, I mean, he won the MVP last year. Does he flirt with a repeat? And are they right back in the conference championship game? And do they – Coast to an NFC North crown, or do the on-field results get a little sloppy, like a lot of people thought they might last year? And do the Packers kind of head towards a, an ugly, mar- an ugly exit with their quarterback? What do you think happens if he is in Green Bay? Uh, I, I really don't know. I mean, I don't understand how it's possible, like that he comes back. I don't. I just don't understand how. The way this season ended, you you said it. He was the MVP of the league. You take the ball out of his hands, basically, at the end right. of the game. They lose that game. He matches in the off season. It wasn't his call. He now says he wants to trade. Yeah, they, they didn't make the way, any real moves. Uh, to by help the way, him. I I think that was a very strategic move on his part. Notice that that dropped the day of the NFL draft first oh, yeah. round this year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like one year I after they you, drafted Love, <laughs> right? I dare you to go out there and 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 you know, not get me what I need type of thing. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I can't see that relationship being repaired. You're talking about a future first ballot Hall of Famer and Rogers. Isn't this what everybody was saying at the beginning of the off season with Watson? And I know that the circumstances are different with all the sexual assault stuff, but he is still in Houston. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be there, to be honest. I mean, I think that's what's going to end up happening. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't I don't see how that is going to work out. So you think it'll uh, just be the Packers won't have the guts to actually trade him? Yeah, I don't think they will. And I think he'll eventually come back because at the end of the day, like, I don't see him as a guy that will sit out for an entire season. He's just too competitive. Right, so um, if he does come back then. Do you think he creates this kind of awkward situation where yeah. he spills over to the field and the Packers aren't that good? Or do they no. kind of just kiss and make up and go win 12 games? Look, I think – I don't think it's going to be uh, – you know, I don't think they're all going to kiss and hug and make up and be okay. Um, I think what's going to happen is if they're winning, they're going to continue to win. But as soon as that hiccup comes, like as soon as there is adversity, it's going to blow up. And the only thing I'll, I'll say in a positive light for the Packers is, at the end of the day, after the plays get called, whatever it may be, the ball gets snapped and it's in Rodgers' hands. Like, he's going to make the ultimate decisions. And I think what happened at the end of last year is just a reason for him to say, you know, screw you guys, don't know what you're doing. You're taking the ball out of my hands. I should be the one making the final decisions, and I'm going to make those decisions. It almost sounds like, it almost sounds like you're hinting at Rodgers, like, if he's still there, like it getting yeah. awkward enough to where like he literally doesn't even try his hardest. Like no, I would. I, I say the I say the exact opposite. I say I say like he's going to. He's still going to oh, be a game. Like, he, I, I still feel like he's going to play, but he's going to he's 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 not going to hold back. He's going to be. He'll be the first one to tell you like they don't know what they're doing. The reason that we won is because of me and what we decided to do on the field type of thing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't. I I think as far as blowing up, I'm saying. Like, maybe in the media it's going to get blown up because him and the coach obviously do not see eye to eye. I don't, and that's like a relationship that I just don't see being repaired. Rodgers being your first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, coach being a younger guy who is trying to make his way and, 
you know, make a name right. for himself. And yeah. I mean, I don't think I would do it <laughs> to a guy like Rogers, but you know, they're in that situation now. So I don't see it being repaired. I see it being fractured forever. And, you know, I think he's got to come back as strange as it seems. And I think he's still going to play at a very, very high level. Um, but again, as soon as something goes wrong, especially at a key time, like if this is playoff time and something like that's going on again, like it's, I don't, I don't see it working out too well at the end. So let's wrap up and talk about some week one leans. And I'll be brief with my first one because it is one that we kind of touched on with the win totals. Uh, I got to look to Carolina laying the short number week one at home against the New York Jets. Uh, looks like they are a four point home favorite. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I just think there's only one way that line can go. Uh, I, I mean, I, I happen to like it. This isn't just me saying, well, I'm going to try and get a number here and, mm-hmm. and hope to be sitting on something in four months. I, I mean, at the end of the day, we talked about all the things with the Jets. I mean, I think that the first-year head coach, rookie quarterback type thing yeah. is definitely something that plays itself stronger in week one than it does over the course of the season, you would think. Maybe if the coach is good enough and the quarterback's good enough, they'll figure it out later on in said rookie seasons together. Um, so I have not bet the Jets under right now. That was just a lean. But I have bet Carolina minus the four. All of the anti-Jets reasons I explained. And oh, by the way, it, Sam Darnold gets a revenge game. Credit to the NFL. <laughs> this is week 10. I don't think anybody cares about Carolina and the Jets other than <laughs> The, the the Jet fans in that specific market would be aware of the revenge game. But if you're, you're talking about maybe a 500 Carolina team and a Jet team that probably is still drafted in the top five, I just don't think it comes with the same buzz that it does in week one nationally when you have Darnold going up against his former team. I still don't even know if the guy's any good, but I have to think this is like the Sam Darnold Super Bowl right now because he sure as hell didn't get any close to the real Super Bowl with the Jets. So um, I, I think Carolina at home, nice spot for you to get your first win there on the over win total. Yeah, I like that play a lot. A lot of dump, dump it off to Christian McCaffrey, let him run with the ball. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be much for Darnold that he's going to have to do in that one. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you know, we're going to certainly find out this season, as long as he's healthy, if Darnold's ever uh, any good, because now he's got Christian McCaffrey, he's got DJ Moore, you know, uh, the Robbie Anderson, who we had in New York. So, uh, you know, and even the guy they took out of LSU, Terrace Marshall, was considered to be a nice steal for them in the draft. So everybody kind of said, all right, no offensive line, no weapons, like got plenty to throw to. I don't know a ton about the offensive line there in Carolina, but we're definitely going to find out if he's any good. Uh, with the Panthers, but I have to think he'll have a nice enough game here against the Jets. How about you as far as the week one rotation? Anything you're looking at? Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, so some of the things I like to look at <clears throat> come week one uh, is divisional underdogs, and there's two of them that we get sure. in, in week one. Um, so I will likely be playing both of them. They're both very, very short lines, but we have uh, we have Miami uh, is, is on the road in New England. Short short dog, two and a half. Uh, unless it gets up to three, uh, I probably won't be playing the points. I'll probably just be playing the money line there. I was going to say, I'd be careful, though, on this one. I mean, I, I don't know if this is just a system play, but uh, remember, New England's got a bunch of guys coming back, obviously, from opt-outs. No, that's a fair, fair, fair point. Um, again, it's, to me, it's the line's being indicative of it. Like, why, it should be higher than under a field goal being in New England. Um that's the reason I like it there. But remember, New England was only a seven-win team last year. 100%. I get it. I get it. I just feel it should be higher than, than where it is. Same thing with – you mentioned it, the, the big misnomer in Houston with what the hell's going on with their quarterback situation. But I'll probably yeah, end up playing – a pick here, yeah. Right, probably playing Houston there where against the uh, Jacksonville, you said it. New coach, new quarterback. Uh, God knows what's going on in Houston, but – They'll be at home. They'll be a, a short dog at home, uh, and I'm going to probably be playing them as well on the money line. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's kind of unfortunate because Houston's a new coach too, and we have our Eagles playing the Atlanta Falcons. That's two new first-time head coaches with Nick Sirianni and Arthur mm-hmm. Smith. So you have uh, four of the new coaches coaching against each other in two games 
head to head. So uh, that's disappointing as far as I the way I look at it because uh, I always kind of look at those first year head coaches as like I said prime fade material and you know we got four of them in in just the two games there and right so that that's a little unfortunate. I will say one other game that I look at though. I mean, listen, they've done an awful lot of whining in the offseason. I really don't like them at all. But the New York football Giants really a short dog against the Denver Broncos. And, I mean, you know, it's unless, you know, this is like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, if this is like Rogers protection maybe of him going to Denver. Like, I, I don't, for the life of me, I can't get. Drew Locke, if it is Locke, maybe if Bridgewater, I think is a little bit better, but still, like it was a Giants defense that was very underrated last year and kept them in a lot of games. Um, they drafted Kadarius Tony in the first round out of Florida. It was a little bit of a reach given the spot, but I liked him as a prospect. I think he should help their offense. They're getting Saquon Barkley back. Uh, listen, I know Danny Dimes is leaves a lot to be desired, and a buddy of mine calls him Danny Pennies, but. <laughs> At the same time, you know, like I said, he's got a first-round wide receiver. He's got a star running back back. And really, I mean, it's just going to be a bet for me on the Giants' defense against Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, whoever it is. I know, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is Mr. Covers all the time. But, um, you know, and Denver does have some nice skill players. They'll get they'll get Cortland Sutton back and, and Jerry Judy and you know, Melvin Gordon still there. But – Noah Fant looked good. So they do have some some stuff to work with on the offensive side of the ball. But I, I saw that Giants defense go to the Pacific Northwest and beat Seattle on the road with Colt McCoy, at quarterback. Okay. So uh, I'm trusting that Giant defense to, to bounce back again. Like I said, Barkley back on offense. I think they do enough to score here. And, you know, obviously it's a low total at 42 and a half. I don't see why the Giants can't win this game 20 to 14, 20 to 17, something like that. I think the wrong team's favored. Not saying the Giants should be three, three and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. I definitely think this line should be flipped and the Giants should be the one two point favorite, something like that. Maybe this is, I'm, at least I'm certainly hoping that this is one of those moves that the Giants do go off as the favorite in in four months. I like the Giants at home. Yeah, no pushback from me. Uh, I didn't really look at it too, too much, but. Like what you had to say about it, and like I said <laughs> a lot of things can change from now till then, so we shall see. Absolutely, there he is, Bill Christie. He he is Larry's Lucha Larry, excuse me, on gambling Twitter at Larry's Locks Two is his Twitter handle. I'm Greg Frank at Undercover Greg for my picks. Uh, Bill, it was good to have you back aboard on the podcast. Follow our podcast Twitter at Full Underscore Slate Underscore Pod. Our producer Alex manages that account and uh bill again like i said it was good to have you back on and uh let's do it again next week we got another golf major to talk about pga yes Camp. sir it's right yes, around sir i'm actually looking at that right now i'm looking at some of the the numbers for that i was lucky enough i don't know if i told you we uh round one leader lefty 125 to one i threw a dart on him that, that was a nice little hit from last week yes sir there you go coming in hot for the pga championship i love it bill thanks for your time we'll talk next week all right, sounds good. All righty, there he is, Bill Christie. I'm Greg Frank. This has been Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your weeks and your weekends. And, of course, please play responsibly.